But this is a draft, as we've seen with all of the different mock drafts that are out there and the reports. Uh, there could be a ton of trades. A lot of quarterbacks that could go near the top teams could reach. But nobody controls this NFL draft more than the Chicago Bears, who have the number one overall pick. Oh, and by the way, almost $100 million in cap space this offseason, too. Mark Grote is the sideline reporter for the Bears. 670, the score in Chicago, and Odyssey Station. There you go. So what are what are you hearing, Mark? What are, listen, there's a lot of Reports outside. We've got our opinions. I think that team needs to trade down and get as many picks as they possibly can. What are you hearing now on what the Bears' plans are, and what do you think could end up happening by draft day? Yeah, well, they've made it very clear at the very beginning of this combine, guys, that they're here to play ball. As in, they they are they are making it known uh, that they are willing to deal and to trade down. Now, that being said. It's been pretty quiet so far on that front and in terms of, of teams that would, you know, make a play with the Bears, like Houston, who is at number two and needing a quarterback. Uh, the Colts at number four and needing a quarterback. And as a matter of fact, the, the Colts uh, general manager, Chris Ballard, took to the podium yesterday, and I was part of that drama, and he was essentially – saying that he doesn't need to trade up that hey maybe our guy will drop to us at four maybe i can get bryce young or cj stroud or will (laughs) levis or whoever his guy is i think it's probably bs because it is lying season but i did think it was interesting that he was trying to sell to us that he doesn't have to go crawling to the bears to to get his guy he could stay right there at four mark where do you think the Bears set the line at at trading back? How far back would they trade? And and I guess the secondary question is, how does that the Jalen Carter news play into their calculations? Yeah, great questions. I mean, I think that they, I think the Bears would probably, if I got to put a, a spot on it, how far down would they go? I would say twenty, just because that's where Seattle is living for their second pick. And they've got a couple of picks, does Seattle in the first round. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of business that can can be done right there. So I, I would put the number right there, but the possibilities are obviously endless. The Jalen Carter saying, yeah, really interesting because, the, you know, a lot of the conversations in Chicago have been between two guys. And that is, would you take the defensive tackle free technique, Jalen Carter, or you want the edge rusher, Will Anderson, out of Alabama? And because of this Jalen Carter mess, I'll call it, I'd say for his sake, it's a mess. Um, I think that that shows you if the Bears were or are deciding between those two guys, positions they both need, their decision just got a little bit easier today. I think that th- this will affect. Carter's draft stock, as in he he's not going to be a top five pick, but I do believe that he will still be a first-round pick. I'd be really surprised if he's not still a first-round pick. Mark, say the Bears do hang on to fields and he's their quarterback. What position do you think is their top area of need? Well, I'd say wide receiver. I mean, I think that it, it's, it's very clear. I mean, they've got one guy, essentially, right now that I think the Bears can count on, and that's Darnell Mooney, who is really more of a number two receiver. You know, you have Chase Claypool on the roster, whom the Bears gave up a second-round pick to get. It, it, was a, it was a poor performance 
you know, between Chase Claypool between, and Justin Fields and those two getting on the same page. It was not good last year. So they're depending on, on that to happen. So the, so I think that the, the wide receiver position is really important to get somebody for Fields that he can feel comfortable with and use as a safety valve and an easy target. He just has not had that. Uh, and then offensive line, yeah, I mean, there's there's all over that that offensive line. Um, I don't know that anything is necessarily locked in at any of the positions on the Paris offensive line, quite frankly. Um, you know, we can surmise some of the guys that would be there, but I think that that's a huge area of need, and that became pretty clear last year when Justin Fields not only was running for huge and great plays, but some of it was out of necessity, too. Talking to Mark Grody, um, okay, so Justin Fields is a complicated situation, it feels like, because there is you know, early on in the offseason, it's the Bears, and well, we're going to assess everything, and we got to be blown away by a quarterback, which, as you said, it's lying season, and we know general managers will say what they want to say and leak other stuff to agents and reporters, and it all just goes around in circles, so the water is all really muddy. Uh, he hasn't looked great, obviously, in the short time that he's been the starting quarterback. As you pointed out, and as we all know, no weapon receiver. Uh, the offensive line's not very good. So it's hard for a young quarterback to develop when you don't have much in terms of options and uh, the you know things around you to help you grow. What is the feeling about Justin Fields, not just in the media, but maybe even the fan base too there? The overall perception, is it give the guy more time or is it, uh-oh, he's starting to not turn into what we thought he was going to be? After the first year, there was more of that. Like the first year under Matt Nagy, which which in a lot of cases was kind of a mess for Justin Fields, you know, with the whole Andy Dalton thing, you know, him preceding Justin Fields, you know, that there was there was some doubt, you know, there wasn't enough evidence in that first year. There wasn't enough special moments for Justin Fields, and he didn't feel comfortable. And quite frankly. The first, you know, four or five games of this year was where things got really uh, hectic, I'll just say, in terms of the fan, of fan perception, the media perceptions, because Justin Fields was not good in those first four or five games of the year, and then they opened things up for him. They did what Luke Getzey, the Bears offensive coordinator, did what he had to do. The passing game was, was not working. It was anemic. He opened the thing up, you know. He opened it up and said – go for it you know like when, when in doubt run um and that's what justin field did to a record amount you know bears records and you know overall records this year in terms of some of the things that he did running the football so that revived bears fans in terms of the way they thought about him however there's always been the caveat and bears fans see it too that that he eventually feels like Justin Fields is going to have to become a better passer, that you can't get away with being a running quarterback for a sustained amount of time. So I think that everybody, including Justin Fields, feels there needs to be more development. You guys are right, and I've said it too, that of course he needs better weapons. Of course he needs a better offensive line. But there's culpability with Justin Fields as well. He's still not great at the at some of the intermediate throws and some of the gimme throws, things that are absolutely essential to being a successful quarterback in this day and age. So it, it lands on him as well. Mark, outside of the two, uh, outside of Carson, 
I know that there's been some other names that the Bears could target on the defensive lines uh, in, on the defensive line later in rounds one and two. Who would be some names that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, we'll start with the edge rushers and beyond Will Anderson, you got Miles Murphy out of Clemson, 6'5", 275. That's a name to keep in, in mind. Um, you know, he's he's Tavon Walker size, who was the number one overall pick for the Jags last year. Uh, speed into power. So I think that he's a really good name. Jared Verse out of Florida State, 6'4", 248. He's going to be, you know, he's been a big riser throughout the mock draft, and he's found himself projected to be a, a first-round guy, a deadly bull rush. One of the really interesting guys um, in this draft that would be a good fit for the Bears is Tyree Wilson mm. out of Texas Tech. Yeah, 6'6", 225. He's a wingspan guy, um, so, you know, wingspan over seven feet long, um, and just, like, he talks a great game, too. You know, an interesting guy. Uh, Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Don't him at 6'3", 225, super versatile player. So so those are some of the edge edge rushers. A few, and I know I'm going on here long, but a few of the the, the inside guys on the defensive line, on Jalen Carter, would be Kalijah Cansey out of Pittsburgh, who has been comped to Aaron Donald because he's six foot, 280 pounds. Uh, but he is a really good player. I don't know if he's going to ascend to Aaron Donald size. Uh, but Brian Brissy out of Clemson. Uh, Nazi Smith is another guy I know people from the Midwest are well aware of uh, play, having played at Michigan. So there are, I'm glad you asked that because they're at, like, I feel like so much, like we just talk about two guys defensively in this draft when in fact, especially as the edge rushers, it's pretty deep. Like there's some, there's some good value with guys beyond um, the obvious and Will Anderson. Mark, do you think because the Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus, has a defensive background that that's why maybe they're comfortable in hanging on to fields, trading the pick, and trying to get one of these defensive guys? Um, I, I don't know how much they're, they're catering to Matt Eberflus. However, and I think back to last year when the Bears didn't have a first-round pick, they did take defensive guys with their or with their first two picks. They took a safety and a cornerback. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I know they listen to Matt Eberflus, and I know that they want to make a team that, that he is comfortable with, but I believe that Ryan Poles is a guy who is also in his second year doing his job is going to really be more interested in, you know, get, Keeping getting this this team, the Bears and their offense into you know into 2023, it seems like the Bears can just never get there. So I got about three minutes or so. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about other quarterbacks besides who's at the very top that teams would trade up for. Maybe a Bryce Young to trade up, get number one pick from the Bears. Uh, there's Anthony Richardson. There's Will Levis. There's these names where people poke holes in some of the things they can do, yet at the same time look at the intangibles and the upside and you know, some of the, the potential, the future of what they could bring. How high do you think those two names may go in this draft? Are you, are you talking about Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud? or No, Levis? no, I'm, I'm talking about Anthony, besides them, you know, and Anthony Richardson, Levis, like those, those names. Oh, are... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Man, it's such a great question because there's always going to be one of those GMs. I think think Trey Lance 
You know, and then what a disaster mm-hmm. that's turning out to be for San Francisco, who falls in love with a guy like uh, Will Levis. Um, so, at, like, where the where those guys will land, I mean, God, it, it, they're quarterbacks. So, like, I can't be shocked if they were, you know, first or second, third round guys. I mean, I, I – I think that those names are out there, and they're the names that everybody knows, as you guys just mentioned. So I think it's it's plausible that they're early picks as well. I'm really curious, Mark, because I saw uh, one of your contemporaries, Josh Rock, uh, said this on I think NBC Sports uh, Chicago. He said, "If the offer's not there, the right offer, I would stick at one and just take Will Anderson." Is there a possibility that the Bears just keep their own pick? Like, if you had to put a percentage number on that, chance-wise, what would you give it? Uh, I, that that they just keep it. I would say, uh, I'd say like a forty-five percent chance. Wow, higher they, than I thought. Yeah, yeah, and I think some of it goes to like there just isn't a lot of buzz about it right now. Like, there hasn't been much talk or many whispers of Ryan Poles' phone ringing at this point. So, and, and, you know, that they can afford to be picky, that if Ryan Poles is not blown away, if he doesn't want to take care of this draft and next year's draft and it, it doesn't happen for him, then he doesn't have to do it. And, you know, keeping that pick, while after all has been said and done, would probably be relatively disappointing, you're still going to get a hell of a product. Obviously, you're going to get a hell of a product with the number one overall pick, and there still is huge value to it. And I know everybody wants to multiply, but it's, it wouldn't be a horrible thing if they did keep it. Mark, we know this. You are going to be as busy as anybody <laughs> until the NFL draft mm-hmm. is done, that's for sure. Uh, enjoy it, and I think your Bears are in a great position up there as long as they trade down and get as many picks as they possibly can. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Bears need a lot. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Mark Grody, 670, the score in Chicago. Yeah, I, you were surprised when he said there's a, maybe like a 45 45% is higher than I thought, isn't it, for I, you guys? I mean... Uh, I thought it'd be like closer to 25-30. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought, mm-hmm. too. But, I mean, it also could evolve. Again, we only know so much where then the offers... As you get closer, right, deadlines create action... You get closer to the NFL draft is when you're going to get the best offers from teams. You most likely don't see the highest amount that teams are willing to go for that number one overall pick right now.